0: zippers don't get angry don't crack up a very very quick note from me the chief zipper just to say that we we're supposed to do the live podcast this sunday but we're going to put it back for one week purely because mummy was supposed to go on a trip it looks like it's going to be delayed or cancelled so i have hired out the entire merchant hotel just to have a little nap in so i'm going away this weekend i don't want to rush doing the live episode we're gonna move it back a week. I hope that's okay, please please, stop being my friend, please stop be my friend, I love you, thank you. Sippers, welcome to the Tea With Me podcast. It's me, Shane Todd. We may well include that at the start of the podcast where I don't know if my takeaway tea has almond milk and it. it could be regular milk. And for the purpose of the podcast, if in doubt, set it out. I'm gonna set it out. I don't know. How how we smell it and see if you think it's if, if it's almond because I only have almond milk. I don't have a. Hey, why is COVID such a big thing here? Sniff, sniff the lid of my coffee. <laughs> sniff my lid. What are you thinking? It smells a bit milky. It's yeah, and I've already taken a sip of it. Two so sippers. If this is a three minute podcast, we all know why. We all know why. But listen, I'm just gonna set it out. And this is one of the first times I've done the podcast without tea, but we're adapting at the minute. That's what it's all about. That's what life's all about at the minute. Everybody's adapting. Everybody's learning new skills. And that's one of the things I want to talk about because my man Rishi Sunak, now Rishi Sunak 100% sounds like somewhere in Turkey where people from Belfast go to get really cheap, like veneers put in and stuff, like 100%. It sounds like somewhere your uncle will go for a hair transplant. You know, he comes he's been bald for years. He comes back with a with a quiff. And you're like, what are you doing? And he goes, mate, I'm just back from Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak sounds somewhere that I would I would definitely like to be in Rishi Sunak with a couple of cocktails, just enjoying myself. Rishi Sunak. But unfortunately, Rishi Sunak is just a terrible guy. He is the Chancellor of the Exchequer. He's a politician and he's basically said, which is very out of... He's basically said something like pretty offensive to a lot of people, which is mad because I think the government's handling of COVID up until this point, both locally and over in London, has been exemplary. If I'm honest, I think... I think... I want to say right now that I think Boris Johnson and his cabinet have done a brilliant job. I think they've really... They've handled it well. Every, I think I, I think I speak for everyone. Want to say it's a good time at the minute, especially freelance people like myself. Mike, you you loving it too? Absolutely. He's loving it. We just want to give. It, hey, we just want to say to the Tory government, nice work. Thank you. Thank yeah. We want to say thanks because what we lack in money, we make up for in goodwill towards your handling of this whole thing. But a bit out of character, they have done something a little bit sly. And that is Rishi Sunak. And I think that undermines me being angry at this because his name is Rishi Sunak. Like you can't be angry at Rishi Sunak. Rishi Rishi Sunak is fun. And also try saying it five times really fast. Rishi Sunak, Rishi Sunak, Rishi Sunak, Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak. Sunak. But Rishi Sunak essentially came out, not as gay, he came out and he said musicians, people in that kind of industry, probably comedians too, should just retrain, just retrain and go and do another job, stopping short of saying a real job. And then what's kind of funny is, and what 2020 is, is like he said that in an interview with ITV, and then ITV had to be like, oh yeah, he didn't actually say that, but the headlines were already out there, the tweets were already out there, and Rishi Sunak was just getting hammered for it. And then Rishi Sunak's like, hey, I didn't say that. And then everybody's like, yeah, but you have also, you and your mates have done so much else that is bad. You know, so he's getting attacked for it. My man Rishi Sunak didn't even really say that. But there is that attitude of, you know, go and do a real job, you know, to musicians, to comedians. And I really resent that because as a comedian, I work very, very hard on average for about 20 minutes a week you know, on a Wednesday night or whatever, if I'm doing three gigs in a week, I could be working for three hours. And, I, it's, and I'm and i going out there, breaking my back, working hard, and Rishi Sunak sending me back down the mine. I don't want to go back down the mine. Okay, because I've been down there, I've done manual labour before, my hands are scarred. I'm only joking, I just worked in a call centre before, but I I just want to just keep doing stand-up, Rishi Sunak, and Rishi Sunak, I don't know why you're not letting me do stand-up. And people are like, retrain, do a real job. Do you know how much of a nightmare I would be in a real job? If you, like I'm a stand-up comedian, so it's my job to try and be funny. That's the job, is take the funny out of everything. Something horrific happens, try and find the funny out of it. That's why comedians get criticised a lot, because people go, oh, you can't say that. Sometimes you'll get it wrong, but often you're just trying to find a little bit of lightness in the dark. Or something really silly could happen. And you make a joke out of it. Like on my way to the studio. I saw two. Here's the thing. There's two. I don't know them as such. But there are two gentlemen lovers. That live I think around here. Two gentlemen lovers. Okay. And I saw. These two gentlemen lovers. Just before I came down to the studio. On a tandem bicycle. And you might not think that that is true and you might be like, oh, that's just something he's, he's made up. But Big Mike's in the studio and Big Mike, I'm not going to show this on camera in case someone's like, oh, that's actually my two uncles and I actually didn't know they were in a relationship. But like... Oh, well, that's my uncle. <laughs> Big Mike's uncle on his friend. Look, comedians, we, we sometimes work hard for laughs but then sometimes we see... Two gentlemen lovers, on a tandem bicycle, and the key thing is, in matching luminous jackets, matching, here's the thing, if you're on a tandem bicycle, wear different clothes, because if you're just two men, on a tandem bicycle, in the same outfit, I can't go on with my day, I can't, do anything, I can't go home and look after my son because the whole time he'll be, you know, cooing away and he'll he'll be like giggling and stuff because he's just a wee baby. But and I'll be smiling back, but my head's not there. My head will be thinking about the two gentleman lovers. I think they could just be very, very good friends. But I'll be thinking about them in a tandem bicycle because that is the point their relationship is at where they're like, I can't cycle without you. Why why do you think that they're uh, lovers. What? Guys. Why do I think they're gentlemen lovers? Because I think it had it has been, yeah. I'm I, in a way I'm making an assumption, because someone has point. It has been pointed out to me before, and that is a sign that, you know, a lot of places in this part of the world are still catching up. You know, in this in this if you want to say, country if you want to say island if you want whatever you want to say. There's definitely been uh, an, an outdated attitude towards the notion of two gentlemen um, being lovers and it has been pointed out to me before that they are two gentlemen lovers someone has said to me before they are the two gentlemen lovers now this was a long time ago so it wouldn't even be pointed out now but this was back in the day when people would point it out um, and the reason I know they're gentlemen lovers now is because they have down the bicycle bicycles <laughs> and uh, and there is something about that that was so so beautiful to me I only took a picture of it to show you I'm not obviously going to post that or anything like that but it's just to show you that while there is madness in the world there is also beautiful things happening too like seeing that gave me so much joy in my heart that it, it made me for a minute not think about Rishi Sunak I don't want to hear about Rishi Sunak telling singers you know go work in a totally different job, I want to see, gentlemen, lovers or not, getting on tandem bicycles, because you can't be really annoyed at anything, if two guys go past you, on a tandem bicycle, it's just a, it's, just a, it, 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 it's, it's a nice moment, and it's two people literally working in sync, but Rishi Sunak, what he actually had said, was people in all walks of life, might have to retrain, and go and do a different job, and part of, me, like, part of me understands that, but then he can't say that because his government has handled this really badly. So it's because of his friends, his mates that he works with, that we would have to go and get different jobs. And I've, I've never thought about, re, re, I've never really thought about what would I do if I had to get a job? Because I've worked jobs before, since I was like 15, 16. I, I've been on the dole before for a couple of weeks, uh, we used to take in a wee book, and they go, what have you been doing? And you're like, oh, just this here. And they're like, mate, I really don't care. Here's your 50 quid or whatever. Um, so I thought what I would do is, in case I do need to get what the Tory government would probably call a real job, um, I thought I would look at some weird jobs around the world that I could potentially get so Number one on this list of weird jobs I found that I could potentially do is a professional pusher. Japan is indeed a hard-working nation. It makes sure that all its people reach work on time, and that's why Japan has employed people to push others on the trains so that nobody is late for work. Now, this is imagery that we've seen before. How many times have you seen videos online where there is people in Japan literally being forced on the trains... and the door can barely close... but they get them on... like I've never seen just one guy being left on the platform... they're like no... everybody's getting in... and I remember... reading something that said... some people in Japan... if they're going on a really long train journey... and they're going to be like boxed in like that... they wear adult nappies... and that, that I'm, not, I'm not making that up... that is actually a real thing... and that's terrifying... because on a TransLink train here... You know, if someone's within, even before COVID, if someone's within two feet of you, you're going to tut. You know, we don't like people being packed into trains, but in Japan, they love it. Could I see myself as a professional pusher? Yeah. I like pushing someone in the right, pushing someone is enjoyable. If it's a friend, you know, like we playful... Playful, you know just a playful push when you like you know you're like shut up and all you just give like when one of your mates is like here what are you doing we should go down to Halfords and look at tandem bicycles and you're like shut you know you just give them a little a little shoulder push I like that I like you know whenever whenever you're playing football maybe and you get into a little bit RG bargy with someone and you you know the two hand shove that's enjoyable I haven't done one of those in a while or been given one of those in a while but pushing is, pushing is enjoyable like punching I wouldn't enjoy I wouldn't ever like to hurt someone but pushing someone on their train, yeah, one hundred percent. I yeah, I could do that. And the guy, in the, the little, the little Japanese, and I'm not. And by the way, when I say the little Japanese man, I'm not. I can see that compared to other people, he is not that tall. And that's not me saying Asian people are small. But that's me saying that this guy I'm looking at in particular is a small man. And um, but he's got like a wee pilot's hat on and white gloves and a full suit. And I like that he's a professional pusher. You would think in that job you'd wear your own clothes, but he's got all that gear on. So I would, I would like that. Number two, rental boyfriend in Tokyo. So hey, we're still in Japan. If you have the money, finding a boyfriend is easy as it gets. I don't really know what all the boy, what professional boyfriends do, but it sounds like fun. Um, a rental boyfriend. I don't like the idea of being a rental boyfriend mainly because I am an actual husband. So I don't think my wife would be delighted if I was like I'm away to work here where are you going oh just over to be a rental boyfriend I don't think that would go down well rental boyfriend though does sound like an indie band that would have played Queen's June Junior whenever you were younger Uh uh, uh. I'll not read all these out but number four professional sleeper I could be a professional sleeper um, professional sleepers doze off while scientists conduct research on sleep disorders this has to be undoubtedly the most comfortable job on the planet um no, that's not for me as a job if I had to get a real job because I don't like the idea of people watching me sleep. Is this a thing? Do other people not like this as well? The idea that somebody because you're so you're vulnerable when you sleep. Especially the way I sleep. Vulnerable you know, I, I sleep in a very vulnerable way, like very much fetal position on my side. Um But I wouldn't like that because I even remember Whenever I was staying in an airport hotel in London, I was like, "He, he, threw a Gatwick, and it was it's a wee, uh, it's a wee job, Jap- but this all comes back to Japan. It was a wee Japanese hotel, um, in the airport, and it's called like. I nearly said it's like this, but I know it's not this. But it's like, right? It's the hotel is called something like Yo Sushi, but I know that it's not Yo Sushi because I you know. London Airport. I just need to cover myself here for legal reasons. I really hope it is something like Yo Sushi. It's called the Yo It's o- it's a Japanese owned, uh, firm, and it's called Yo as in like hotel. But Yo, this is a hotel in the airport, so it's actually in the airport. I've stayed in. in I like staying in the airport because you literally roll out of bed, and you go through your security gate, you don't have to, you know when someone's like, we'll stay in the hotel airport, but it's four miles away, and you got to get a shuttle bus, and the shuttle bus isn't there, and then you got to get a taxi, and then it's stressful, and you may as well have stayed in the city, I stayed in the hotel, and a lovely Asian gentleman, checked me in, and then brought me to my pod, so it's like you stay in like a pod, like a very small room, and true story, if anyone has stayed here before, you'll know this, there is a hatch at the front, of the room, so on the door, there is like a one foot by one foot glass screen, uh, and it has like a adjustable thing where you can like look in from inside, or you know, from inside you can look out and people can look in, or you can obviously close it, and I went into my room, and it was really late at night, I just back from a gig in London, and the guy working there said, open or closed? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, screen on door, Open or closed? And I was like, I might be weird here and go for closed. Because if I had said open, anybody walking down the corridor could have just peeked in and just seen me in my wee Japanese pod all curled up. Like, why Why is it an option? Why is it an option? Like, what is what is the benefit of being able to look in? Why was he give? And then when I said closed, he, he looked at me like, oh, very well. I was like, presume that people want to close and then if they open it, that's their thing. But yeah, I couldn't be a professional sleeper. Um Okay, let me see. No, I don't like that. Water slide tester? Yeah. Water slide testers have to check all aspects of safety and make sure these rides are absolutely safe. There's always medical insurance for those who break a bone or two. Um water slide tester is definitely something I can get on board with but I did nearly die on a water slide in, in Turkey once in in, uh, in Rishi Sunak in Turkey I I was at a, I was at a water park in Rishi Sunak and um, it was the Rishi Sunak water park and it was like four slides that are very fast and you've got to go up loads of steps really high slide and I went up to the top and everyone I was with were like let's do a race and see you can get to the bottom first The slide I was on... I'll try and describe this well. It was like a tube. The slide was like a tube for about 20 feet. And then it opened up into a half tube. So just your back was on the slide and it was open air. But the start of it, it was like a tube that then opens out. If that in any way makes sense. I wanted to win the race so badly that I pushed myself off from the wee top bit you hold on to. But I pushed myself off that fast that my back left the slide, because obviously gravity keeps your back down, um. but I, does it, or is it gravity, I'm not sure, but I lifted it off to the point where, where the tube opens, like, you know what I mean, like this, I hit my head, my forehead, on the bottom bit of the tube that was open, and I came to when I was in the wee pool at the bottom, and all the lifeguards were blowing their whistle, like, you need to get out, you need to get out, and I was like, I I, di- I thought I died, you know, and they were like, you need to get out, get out. Um. So I don't think I'd be a good water slide tester. And then also, once I was in Florida, I went down a slide. My mum insisted that I wore armbands, and I was actually a champion child swimmer, which is true. Uh, well, not like, like I, did, I did a couple of galas um, when I was younger. And for some reason, I had to wear armbands, even though I could swim, it was so embarrassing. And I hit the pool at the bottom and one of the armbands came off and I was very calmly swimming to the side to grab the armband and then get out. But I was obviously swimming to do this. And a guy who's clearly a lifeguard but has never had to go in before was like, this is my moment. And he just dived in to drag, like they put me in the safety position and get me out. But it was a small pool and when he dived, he just basically landed on me and absolutely wrecked me. So when I came out, I was crying and he said to my... my mum, he was like, there's your boy, you know? And, I, and and he was like, he's upset, he can't swim, he lost his armband. And I was like, I'm be crying because you f- fell on me for fat piece of shit. So I wouldn't like to do that. Um, chicken sexer. I could be a chicken sexer. Um, a chicken sexer's job is to identify the gender of a baby chicken, that's about it. Um, it feels like an easy job. I wouldn't mind it. But then, I don't like the idea of, you know, just assigning a gender to the chicken without first speaking to the chicken about it. You know, I don't like the idea of me saying, you're a boy to the the chick, and it's like, you know, with his eyes. It's like, no, you're wrong. So I don't like the idea of assigning genders to chicks, basically. Um pet food taster, no professional mourner uh, like at funerals yeah yeah it's a bit of me Um, we'll do one or two more what the fuck's that Um, last one wrinkle chaser a wrinkle chaser says it all wrinkle chasers make sure there are no creases on shoes when they're whisked out of the factory how else would those high heels look so classy? I mean, that is potentially the sassiest job of all time. I'm a wrinkle chaser, darling. I'm chasing the wrinkles. What does that mean? I'm looking at heels, darling. If there's a crease, it won't leave the factory. I'll, I, I, w- I would like to be a wrinkle chaser. 100%. Wrinkle chaser is gonna be the name of my next stand-up show. Just chasing those wrinkles. Um, so, yeah... Fair play, Rishi Sunak. I've taken your advice on board. And um, I'm looking at other other potential careers. Um, but it is quite funny that Rishi Sunak did might have not actually said that everyone's like, You did say it, and he's like, I didn't. ITV have deleted their tweet and everyone's like, I know, but you still said it. He said, Oh yeah, NM like, yeah, I went to look on NME for the actual article there and it says this page doesn't exist. So they all had to take it down. But that in a way, that is I don't really have sympathy for government at the minute, but, but that kind of is the way it is, at the minute where someone will misquote a person slightly, and then there's going to be a headline tomorrow, Shane Todd says all tandem bicyclists are gay lords I'm, no, I'm not, no, let's be clear, I'm not saying t- anyone on a tandem bicycle is gay I'm saying that I'm saying that tandem bicycling is maybe not the straightest sport in the in the world but then again is any form of cycling very heterosexual is it as a guy who who rode a bicycle every day up until he was 21 and passed his driving test i didn't think i looked particularly cool doing it you know i didn't think i looked masculine doing it or anything like that so at the end of the day i think if we all cycled about a little bit more and had a bit of fun on a bike I think there'd be less prejudice in the world uh, so yeah I don't I mean I'm happy to go with one of those jobs um, or if there's, if, if, if there's just jobs I don't know about that people do because sometimes you see the worst jobs of all time like I've seen that documentary on Channel 4 I Think think uh, what do you call it? Timmy Mallet no who's the guy that does Time Team uh, not Timmy Mallet Tony, Tony Mallet Tony Tony Soprano, uh, yeah, he did a documentary like the worst jobs of all time. It was like Victorian jobs, when they went you know they went down wells and all that kind of thing. Fuck that. If I if I didn't do stand up, what about if if the government were like, can't do stand up anymore. Stand up banned. Got to get like a real job, and I was like, all right, no worries, and then just relaunch myself as a musician. Because you know, even though music gigs aren't happening it would be nice to say that i have done it, I always dream of, like obviously I do MCBs or, sometimes so that might be fun, but, I don't know, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to keep doing stand up, I'm just going to keep doing it, I think, I mean, maybe I, I won't be able to, and then I will have to get some sort of other job, but, if there's creases to be found, I'll chase them, Um, I mentioned Victorian jobs there, and then there's a link at the bottom of this, to 56 delightful Victorian slang terms you should be using. See, this is what I'm all about, bringing old phrases back, bringing words back. Like Christian Nern, who was on the podcast earlier in the week, by the way, what a great episode. Um, Christian was talking about the phrase Buck Alec, calling somebody Buck Alec, which is great. And then today he said, I said, using any more new phrases? And he said, I've started calling people a goat again goat is brilliant because it could be an insult or a compliment because now people say goat greatest of all time so if you're like what are you doing you fucking goat some people might be like oh thank you but you actually mean you're an idiot so these are phrases Um. Uh, British writer Andrew Forrester published a v- Passing English of the Victorian Era a dictionary of he- heterodox English slang and phrase Thousands of words in 1870 have drifted away, but this was a way to like preserve them and bring them back. So I'll not look at the meaning of it and I'll tell you what I think it is. The first one is afternoonified. Like personified, but afternoonified. Does afternoonified mean... Uh, no, I don't know what it means. A society word meaning smart. For example, the goods are not afternoonified enough for me. I mean, I enjoy saying it, but I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. Like, if I go to a bar and then I leave and people text me, like, mate, wh- where'd you go there? I say, sorry, mate, place wasn't afternoonified enough for my liking. Afternoonified is fun to say. I like it. Orphan. Orphan. Orphan Fanorf. Orphan a figure of speech used to describe drunken men. For example, he's very arf of an arf, meaning he has had many arfs or half pints of booze. So an arf was a f- half pint of booze. Or oh, like a cupcake? Yeah. Oh, orphan? Oh, like an arf of lager. Oh. Mate, I got scooped last night. What's wrong? I was flipping arf of an arf of an arf. I was arf of an arf of an arf because the place wasn't afternoonified. Backslang it. Thieves used this term to indicate they wanted to go out the back way. (laughs) Dirty bastards. Backslang it. I don't get it. Uh, In 1850, there was a term called bags of mystery. Bags of mystery. That was a term for sausages because no man but the maker knows what is in them. The bag refers to the gut which contained the chopped meat. I mean, that doesn't sound very health and safety to call something a bag of mystery. And I don't like the idea that only the butcher knows what it is. Surely he can just tell you. I love that the butcher's like... Listen mate, I love that. I love to tell you what's in these, but... It's fuck it. I haven't a ball, baldy mate. I haven't a baldy. I mean, all I can tell you is there's a bag of gut. And there's shot meat inside it, but... It could be pig, it could be squirrel meat. Bang up to the elephant. Bang up to the... I haven't heard anyone ever say to me, bang up to the elephant. The phrase originated in London in eighteen eighty two and means perfect, complete, unapproachable. Bang! That's bang up to the elephant. That's a brilliant phrase. What's his podcast like? Bang up to the elephant, mate. It's buying up to the elephant. I enjoy that. Um, there's one a phrase here called a batty fang. Batty fang. Spelt batty, fang. Batty fang. Low London phrase meaning to trash thoroughly, possibly from the French fond. Um So if I was going to trash, I, if I if you piss me off, I would come to your house and I would just do a body fang. I get off my I park my tandem bicycle and I body fang your house so bad. Benjo, a nineteenth century sailor slang for a riotous holiday or a noisy day in the streets. I'm away, I'm away to Rishi Suni for a banjo here. Bow wow mutton. A naval term referring to meat so bad it might be dog flesh. Oh, that's bow wow mutton, mate. How's your burger? Bow mutton. Bow mutton sounds like a complete character in a Sunday world. UDA, Brigadier bow wow mutton. Bricky, brave or fearless. Um. Meaning mean someone... Meaning yeah, meaning someone's brave. Uh butter up bacon? Extravagance, too much extravagance. Are you gonna put lace over the feather? Isn't that rather butter up bacon? Butter up ba- that's a fucking belter of a phrase. Because you obviously don't need butter in the bacon. Cause it's like it's rich enough, you know, it's fatty enough. Butter up bacon is f- butter butter upon bacon, right? Butter upon bacon, right. That's a brilliant phrase. The next time I'm doing like a big show, like a big stand-up show, and I say, listen, have we got the gold curtains? And they say, yes, we've got your requested gold curtains. And I say, I want my microphone to match. I want the microphone lead to be gold also. I want someone to turn around to me and say, but is is that not butter upon bacon? And I will really enjoy it. And then I will slap them. Uh... Church bell, a talkative woman. You can definitely hear people saying that. She's a fucking church bell, mate. Chuckaboo, a name given to a close friend. Oh my god, that is cute. Hey, Chuckaboo. That that I'm bringing that back one hundred percent. I'm calling every. I'm calling everybody I see today for the next four hours. Chuckaboo. I go to the garage. He's like, yes, mate. I go, yeah, diesel and pump nine there, Chuckaboo. What did you say? Diesel pump nine chuckle booth, thank you. Uh, and I'll, could I have diesel, a uh, full tank of diesel, and then could you just give me like six litres of diesel on the side? And then he's going to go, but is that not butter upon bacon? And I'll go, ah. Mm, let me see. The. The. Di- Dizzy age, a phrase meaning elderly because it makes the spectator giddy to think of the victim's years. The term refers to a maiden or other woman canvassed by other maiden. Oh, meaning like they're so old that if you actually got to their age, it'd leave you dizzy. Yeah, that's kind of funny. He's a dizzy age. Doing the bear, a courtship that involves hugging. I think doing the bear in 2020 means something entirely different and it, it, I mean, hugging definitely is part of it doing the bear I mean, I think if I hit it off with someone like, you know, male friend and I was like, listen, do you fancy doing the bear? I think they might think that was an invite for Dave Elliot to get involved <laughs> another phrase is, don't sell me a dog popular until 1870, this phrase meant, don't lie to me Apparently people who sold dogs back in the day were prone to trying to pass off mutts as pure breeds. Here. Don't you sell me a dog. Sold a, pup. Sold, a pup. sold a pup? You've been sold a pup? But that sounds cute. Pups are cute. And Sold a pup? I've never heard that. Don't sell me a dog. Listen. Don't sell me a dog here. A door knocker is a type of beard formed by the cheeks and chin being shaved leaving a chain of hair under the chin and upon each side of the mouth forming a mustache, something like a door knocker. Craig David had a door knocker back in the day. Um, fly rink, an 185 18f- an 1875 term for a polished bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Some fly rink on you mate. <laughs> Do you wanna hug the bear? A gal sneaker is a man devoted to seduction. I'm a gal sneaker, darling. Um, <laughs> giggle mug, a habitually smiling face. <laughs> um, All right, giggle mug. My dad's called someone a giggle mug. Definitely, yeah. In fact, that's his name for me. Um. Ma-fucking, an excellent word that means getting rowdy in the streets. Ma-fucking? You're going ma-fucking mental in the streets? Uh, if something's absolutely preposterous, you say, make a stuffed bird laugh. Um. Right. Oh my, oh no. This 1883 term for a policeman is so much better than pig mutton shunter (laughs) mutton shunter mutton shunter does sound very dirty Uh. (laughs) someone who takes a day trip to the beach he brings his own provisions and doesn't contribute at all to the resort he's visiting is a nosebagger if someone's not well they're not up to dick well yeah (laughs) it depends how sick you are (laughs) But I know whenever I'm under the weather or in bed with the flu, I'm definitely not up to dick. (laughs) Although, to be fair, that is one of the things that will get me up. Let me see... If someone has a prominent nose, they can be said to have a parish (laughs) pickaxe. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but someone's getting called it in the next hour. Um... Shake oh no now there is a phrase here that's described as to fail this phrase means takes its rise from rifle practice where the bad shot misses the black and white target altogether and shoots into the earth butt and it's known as shoot into the brown so if I was to say to someone do you want to hug the bear and then shoot into the brown actually that would mean do you want to have a hug and then we could go to shooting range uh to win something back in the day it was called take the egg to take the egg because that was the prize oh if something was thoroughly understood it could be known as an umble constable an umble constable stumble A term meaning inferior, noisy singers that could be liberally today talked about as karaoke sessions were whooper-ups. They're whooper-ups because they're singing karaoke. I mean, that's very, very, very enjoyable. Um, I'll try and use these all in a sentence now. Oh, man, went out last night and... Uh, yeah, the place wasn't like... It, the bar was good, but it wasn't afternoonified enough for me. But to be honest, I was orphan, orphan, and uh And... Yeah, listen I well I would have been more drunk but I'd lie in my stomach because I had a few bags of mystery beforehand um well they were nice they were they were bang up to the elephant um but like I to be honest I lost a run of myself and sort of throwing things around the bar and all. I actually went into the toilets and body found um yeah because I was on I was on my banjo so um yeah I went I went nuts and I had some food there then but it was Bow Wow mutton. And uh, you know, I was like, should I keep drinking? But I thought that would be butter up bacon. And uh, I was just I was pissed off because I had a church bell in me here. Uh, oh no, I shouldn't say that. She's a chocobo. Um, but uh, she's a bit older than me. She's a dizzy age. Uh, but then I left. I went to let's just say a different bar on another side of town, and uh, I was doing the bear uh, before I knew it. I know. what I swear to God, it was. Do you not believe me? Listen, I'm not selling you a dog here. Um, no, it was the fella I was. I was with. He, he had. He had a door knocker, and a fly rink, and he was. Oh, he was. He was enjoying himself because he had a giggle mug the whole time, and uh, oh yeah. I mean, listen. Me and him went out after closing time and did a bit of math fucking, and then uh, we actually got scooped by a mutton shunter, and then uh, and then we were in the cells all night, and in the morning. He, he asked me if there's anything else I wanted and I just had to be straight with him and say, listen, I'm not up to dick here. And he said that was a real shame. <laughs> he, he said that was a real shame because, uh, you know, he wanted to take the egg. And then the end we went out and just, you know, did a bit of singing and we were just 2 whooper whipper-ups. There you go, guys. I think that was very enjoyable, that that Victorian slang. Um, so maybe that's what I could do. Maybe I could translate Modern day English into Victorian slang. Uh, very enjoyable. We have a load of questions here. From Sippers. Uh, and Okay, so Lisa Yates says, This is why the rave lockdown is ending. Oh, well, that's actually not a podcast question. Yeah, Radio 1 have a new dance show. Starting Friday nights at 6 o'clock. Not good. Absolutely not good. We're going to find out. Who is behind that? And we're 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 gonna bring them down. Don't you worry about that. Um, Lallison says, um, "Who would win in a fight, a bear or a gorilla?" Um, if you if you if you mean in the sort of coded sense, I I would say, well, hold on, what is a gorilla in the gay community? Gorilla, gay slang. A silverback, right, a silverback is an older, well-established gay man, the praise in younger gay men. It's also a sexual manoeuvre in which a man haven't already... Maybe I should not have started this. Urban Dictionary won't let me open it. That's how That's how rude that is. Um, If we're talking like a straight-up fight between a bear or a gorilla, probably a bear because I think gorillas are meant to be dead on. Because Attenborough was falling about with a few once and having a good time and they didn't try and attack him. But bears are... I'd say a bear would be more of a dickhead than a gorilla, definitely. So, I'll go bear, but it depends what sort of bear it is as well. Um, I don't know. Reba says, how much more insufferable do you think Connor Keys will be now that Facebook and Instagram have banned QAnon accounts? Um, No, I think Connor... So Connor and Mickey do the, uh, and that might be what you're talking about, Deck Chair and Yom's podcast, in which they do talk a lot about a, consp- a lot of conspiracy theories, but they don't, like, what would you say? They don't, like, totally push the conspiracy. And, and by the way, there's loads of conspiracy theories that they don't believe as well, um but they don't, like, push their conspiracy theories on people, so I don't think Keezy is, is in any way an insufferable conspiracy theorist, and also there's people who are just as insufferable that are against conspiracy, they talk about how much they are against conspiracy theories to the point where you're like, okay, but Connor's very much someone who will chat about it with you if you want to chat about it, but he's not like, here you need to hear this, and also shout out to Keezy Mickey and James McKechnie because we got to do Limelight again last week, General Banter Comedy Club and it was 10 out of 10 great um, but I, I didn't know Facebook and Instagram have ban QAnon accounts I don't know, I don't have time to look into all that or really understand it I just know that the internet seems like and get ready for the broadest statement you've ever heard pretty mad place at the minute Rory Arkin says if you were stuck in an island and could only have one person with you, why would it be Harry Styles Um it would be Harry Styles because he's a chocobo. Simple as that. Number one chocoboo. Um, Yeah, it would be enjoyable being on a desert island with with Stylesy because he's fun, he's cute, he can sing "Watermelon Sugar High," which I really like. And I think we I think we would have a good time. I think we would have a good time, and let's leave it at that. And if if after he wanted to go cycling with me. I would propose that we did it on the one bike. Jared says, um, not a question but an apology. I sent you a frankly deranged direct message on Saturday while under the influence of pretty hardcore painkillers after a procedure. I'm flogging myself daily as a punishment. It didn't even make any sense. Sorry, mummy. Let's see what, I'll not read out the whole message in case it genuinely was deranged, but I don't remember it being that bad. Jared, I mean, definitely it won't be the weirdest message I've received. Oh yeah, it's long. Um, before we get to that, um, Jared sent me a question last week that I could I didn't want to read out, and I did talk about it. I was like, I'll need to speak to him first. But he said um, that he had some issues with his stomach and the and that general area for a couple of years, and it came to a head when he was in a lot of pain. He killed over, and he thought it was down to stress, but he lost a lot of blood. Couldn't figure out what it was. um. But basically, on his way to hospital for an endoscopy, which is where they put a camera down your throat, he was on his way to Elton Gelvin Galvin to get that done. He listened to my podcast with Colin Geddes and the bit where I described what my Crohn's is like. And it sounded like I was describing how he was feeling in every way for three months. So he became like an old man and had the about for a week. He went to the doctor with this, played him the actual clip so make no mistake, Jer Brawley was in Alton Galvin send to a doctor, listen to this, and then just playing the Tea With Me podcast. Um, he said that that described his condition. The doctor checked the small boil, hey Presto, he has Crohn's. So he used my he used my discount code to get Crohn's. Um Sipper 1 will will get you Crohn's. After years not having a diagnosis, not being able to get treatment apart from blood transfusions and iron infusions, you she Todd. <laughs> help me get a diagnosis and possibly save me from further years of being sick, I owe you one, you're now officially my hero now I didn't know whether George just meant that because he'd written that under a shout out for podcast question so I'd ask first but he's okay with me reading that out um, but then yes you, you did send me a long message on Saturday and I'm going to be honest with you um, it was while I was playing football you sent it at 1.40 uh, but I enjoyed it I enjoyed it and um, essentially for and let's not overstate it, for saving your life, you have you said that your girlfriend or your uh, partner made made you buy me a Nando's gift card which is a beautiful gesture but at the same time if you really thought it saved your life, are you valuing your life at like 30 quid because it should be at least a 50,000 pound Nando's gift card which I would make good use of over three days, Um. No, that's that's very nice. I mean you could have lied and said it was your idea. But that is that is very nice. And anyone who has Crohn's, can you send me a an Nando's gift card, please? Whether you've known about it for years or not, because I would enjoy that. Um, but Jared, don't worry about sending me rambly messages. That's what that's what the internet's for. Matthew Collins says, uh, why did why did you spoil and inter- why did you and the international superstar and East Belfast hurler spoil the fall for me? What else can you spoil? Um I can spoil a lot of things honey but yeah I apologise we were talking about the fall we might have given away a little bit of a spoiler but then again we might have just been doing like a little bit of a tease that actually isn't a thing because I used to do it with people I'd say have you seen this film they say I go can you believe the guy dies and then people will be like oh and then they go to the film and the guy doesn't die and they'll be like I loved that you said that because I was expecting him to die but um, yeah sorry about that what else could I spoil I could spoil EastEnders depending on where you're at in, in where you're watching it from because if you're watching it from the start like over lockdown if you started EastEnders at the start let's just say Dirty Dan dies but uh, does he? I don't know I'll leave it at that I'll leave it at that I've said too much Matthew Mernon glad I got to learn about Buck Alec but what exotic animal would you like as a pet? because obviously Buck Alec had his D clawed D toothed lion um, what exotic animal would I like as a pet? It depends because I would want it for, probably for practical reasons because I'm not really an animal guy. So maybe... I could see myself riding on an animal's back to get to places. I think that would make a real statement but not like a horse. Like a panther. Panther or something. Like a wild cat. Like I could see me on a wild cat's back um, like just showing up to business meetings and stuff like that. I think that would be... Enjoyable if if it promised never to turn on me, because I would hate that. You know, if it eventually like threw me off its back and ate me. Um, so yeah, probably like a panther or or a wild cat, but not like the usual ones, like a tiger or the you know regular people have as pets. Um, something majestic, something majestic, definitely. Or like a really really uh, sarcastic fat cat. You know, a fat cat who just has very sarcastic eyes. You know, you're like, are you okay and all? And it's like, mm-hmm. I'd like that. Like a big fat cat. William Palmer says, Hey, Mr. Biggles, would you rather not wipe your wee bum for a week or would you rather not brush your teeth for a week? Cheers, bro. Uh, I think I could go a week without brushing my teeth because in the morning it's not going to be good. I'm probably lasting at night. It's not going to be good but during the day when you're eating meals when you're drinking tea your your breath's probably going to smell like whatever you drank or ate so you know if you had chewing gum and stuff geez it's a horrible thought but i would probably do that because if you if you didn't wipe your bum for a week it would be like that w- that wouldn't be ideal at all so i'll go with not brushing my teeth for a week and also my teeth are very white so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about discoloration or anything like that. But it's a great question as per. Uh, do we have more questions on Instagram? It's taking too long to load. No, but we do on Twitter. Peter Lockhart, who would win in a Royal Rumble of Northern Ireland politicians? Honestly, I think. Like, in the Royal Rumbles that I used to watch in wrestling, it was a lot of times someone you wouldn't expect to win it or someone that was making a return. Like, they'd been injured for a year and they would come back and you're like, oh, I can't even believe this. So, I think the Royal Rumble of politicians would follow its usual course. I think Arlene Foster would do well, Michelle O'Neill would do well, all the big known politicians. Ian Pacey Jr. would, like, he'd, like, hide under the ring and then he'd come out towards the end and try and, like, try and win the wee sneaky way. But I honestly think it would be someone like David Trimble, who you wouldn't even think about anymore as a politician, but he would just make his return at the last minute. He'd be like the last entrant, and he'd come out to music, and then I think he would go in. Because someone would think they'd won, and they'd be celebrating, like Jerry Kelly or Alex Maskey, and then David Trimble would just come out from behind, and, uh, and he would win. So, yeah, someone who... Someone who's been there and done it, or then again, the the big owl, Jerry Adams, who now you know with it up, he looks like a big owl, Um, I there is one particular poster they used of Jerry Adams like a billboard. I mean, Dave Elliott just always call him the big owl, So I would say the big owl, would have a chance too. Um, I think he would win, and then I think he'd deny it. He'd deny what he was ever in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> the most played out joke ever. <laughs> I've done it in stand up, but um. So yeah, I'd say I'd say one of the old one of the old school people. Stephen McCall says we clearly have a lot of talented comedians here in Northern Ireland. Why aren't more invited to TV panel shows? Is there a lack of representation? Uh yeah, I'd agree with you. I think the quality of stand up comedians here on the stand up scene, by and large, is very good. It, it, really good, actually. Um, especially in like the last four years. Um so why aren't aren't more invited to TV panel shows? I don't know. It's a very good question. Like they they there is a lot more of a focus now on representation in TV and film, but they they would they prioritize more I guess gender. They get they prioritize more ethnic backgrounds and stuff. So I don't know if there's a push really for. Um, should you know? Should they get someone from Northern Ireland on or whatever? Personally, I don't think I would like to be asked to do something if I thought I was just being asked to do it because I'm from here. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't do it. I would one hundred percent do it. Um, but it would be nice to think oh, I'm being asked to do that because they think I'd be really good on it. So, um, I don't think there there's comedians here that I know of anyway, like calling for it or trying to start you know a conversation about that. I don't know, it's a good question, I, I, I think on the likes of say Mock the Week or Would I Lie to You or QI, I think there are comedians from here that would do that would do really well on it, but I don't know, we're, we're, we're kind of our own little scene here which is good and bad, even to the point where comedy clubs here will get Dublin comedians on the scene there down the headline and but it doesn't really, I don't really think it works that much the other way. A little bit, like a little bit. But, you you, you know, we have just our own scene. And I love it. But it would be good. Of course it would be good to do more stuff. Like, I did a show this week, um, Stand Up For Live Comedy, which was BBC3 online. And then it was on BBC1 on Monday night there, Monday night. And, uh, and that was brilliant because it was it was the first, like, uh, main BBC thing that I've done. You know, I've done a lot of stuff for BBC Northern Ireland, which obviously get gets shown here. But that was the first big thing I've done. And the best thing of all time was Nick Knowles, DIY TV presenter guy, was like, hey man, you stole the show, enjoyed it, keep up the good work. I was like, fuck, I was like, that's so funny to me. that Nick Knowles was like, well done, player. I really then I followed him on Twitter and I was like, I'll send Nick a message here when he follows me and I'll say like, Nick, thanks for that, man, I appreciate it. And Nick just, he didn't want, he didn't follow me or anything. He's just like, I'm going out of my way to let you know I enjoyed it but don't and don't contact me again. And there's something I really liked about that. But that was, that was on like the, the main BBC. um, And I, yeah, you know, there was, there was four comedians on, Two from here, two to not from here. Um, I originally thought the idea was, because the, they filmed in Bristol, London, Glasgow and Belfast, I think, I might have it wrong. But I thought it would just be people from the comedy scene there. Um, but the, I think they moved people around and had different people in different places. But um, it was really nice to be asked to to do that. And yeah, I'd love to do more stuff, and I think we should. But, but then there's also a thing here, we don't push ourselves a lot, myself included, we're very like, I know I joke at times about, you know, being a, being cocky and stuff, but w- we are a humble comedy scene as well, for the most part, so people don't want to be like, I should be doing this, you know, because I, I, especially in like London or big cities, there are very driven, ambitious comedians who are like, I'm just... Going to ask to do everything. We're a little bit like embarrassed about that. Usually, myself included. Uh James Wilkinson says, "Who's your favourite footballer that you filmed with? Love the old videos with the Northern Ireland players like Paddy with his cows and Connor with the toy trains." Thanks very much. They were always great, crack to film. Um, favourite footballer film with the most enjoyable one was probably Paddy with his cows, Paddy McNair, up in Ballyclare. Um, obviously from the famous song "Paddy McNair" from Ballyclare. Paddy McNair from Ballyclare, uh, going up and doing that was class, because we just had like a whole afternoon there, messing about, and the best thing of the, of the videos, honestly, I'm not, I am not. swear to God, I'm not just saying this, when you do videos with the Northern Ireland players, they're all a joy to do, because you find that, they're like, if you haven't filmed with them before, they're a bit nervous, and they're like, you know, the IFA, are, like he says he's, he's up for doing this, but maybe he wouldn't be up for doing that, and, you know what are you gonna ask him? And then as soon as you start filming and you make it clear that like I'm not gonna make a dick out of you, like we'll just have a laugh, then they're all like, let's let you know they're then suggesting stuff and they're like, we could get a shot of this and all. And why don't we talk? It's a, always a pleasure to do because I love football. It's brilliant. But Paddy McNair one was great. Liam Boyce Loch Ness Monster, cult classic, really enjoyable. Luther Valentine. Thoughts on scented bum roll? A scam to get more coin out of us or a true luxury? Both. Unequivocally, both. Um, but what sort of scent do you want? You know what I mean? Like a vanilla or raspberry? I don't know. I, I didn't know it was a thing, but, but of course it is because everything is a thing. LMJ says Eddie Hearn rings you, says you're going to main event in the Odyssey, sold out arena to fight Arlene or Michelle. Who are you picking? uh neither neither no way um i don't think it would be enjoyable either way because it it's it would never be enjoyable to be violent towards a woman and it wouldn't be enjoyable if arlene or michelle kicked the shit out of me so no one no one wins well they 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 would probably win uh but no i w- i wouldn't enjoy that i'd prefer to just do stand up P says, what time is it? At the current time of recording, it's quarter past four. Gary Crawford, do you think Harambe was justifiably killed? Um, He was a gorilla, wasn't he? Who, there was a baby in the pen and then in the zoo thing and they were like, I don't think he's going to hurt her, but should we? I mean, yeah, if it, if, if it was my baby, yeah. I'd be thanking them for doing it. But at the same time, heartbreaking because Harambe was just, seemed like a real, real nice guy. So, justifiable, yes. Tragic, yes. Jamie McEvitt, do you think you could do a better job at centre-back for Man United than Harry Maguire could do? Sometimes I think I could, but then other times I realise that I can't really play football and they bought him for 80 million quid. So, probably I couldn't do a better job. But I would like, I think it would be banter, like if Man United named me in their starting team for a Premier League game. I think I would have a lot of fun that day. Like if they rang me up and they're like, "Do you fancy it?" I'd go, "Yeah." So it would be, be something fun. Just Jade says, "If tea was wiped off the planet, what would be your next beverage of choice, and would you rename the podcast with it?" Coffee with me probably exists. Um, I would I would probably just go for coffee next, but uh, but if tea was wiped out the planet, I think I'd be like the captain on, on the Titanic and I'd go down with it. I think I would just go down in a delicious sea of tea, and it'd be a nice way to go. Hazel says, Will you be allowed to go out trick-or-treating this year? Um, I don't think so. Oh, that's sly. The kids probably aren't going to be able to trick-or-treat. See, one year whenever I went trick-or-treating, I remember making 25 quid, and I was about four. And it was the best time ever. Although there was times too when you were young and you had like a big mound of shrapnel, like 10p, 2p, 20 p and you had a full thing of it and you thought it was about six grand and then your dad counted up for you. He's like, you made four pounds. They were great times, but no, I still will go out, but I'll just be using a card reader this time and I don't use a mask or anything. I go out and I say, justice for Harambe, can you donate? And then people, boop, hit the pin and it's just straight into my account. Mark Graham says, when are you joining the Waffle Irish League football podcast? Um, unfortunately, I'm not. I might do an episode with them, but we have talked on this podcast before or we've been asked to do an Irish League spin-off because we always get asked about the Irish League. So we might do a small run of episodes about the Irish League, but hopefully we can be a friend of the Waffle podcast and not an enemy. Andrew, and if we were enemies, we would have to settle up by a game of five aside at midnight some night in Tesco Car Park. Andrew McQuillan, what's the meaning of life and are we alone in the universe? Um, The meaning of life is to live, laugh, love. Live, laugh, love. And are we alone in the universe? We are not. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is also with us. Daniel Toll says, um, Daniel Toll says, Daniel told his cheek he says was Paddy Ralph upset you were on the stand up for live comedy gig after you copied his Nigel character um yeah probably probably and i want to publicly apologize so i don't know yeah i would i would say so i would say so but um but look look i've apologized the Mike McGoldrick character, he might not be coming back. He might not be coming back. But yes. Um, was he annoyed? I don't think so. I don't think so. But to be honest, at that gig, I wouldn't have even noticed if he was because I was a cheeky... I I was a boy at a birthday party who is allowed to drink a can of Coke at the birthday party and then says he hasn't had one yet so he gets a second one and then a third so I was like a wee boy at a birthday party, waiting to go on. I was giddy, I was probably laughing at my jokes, at more or if not as much as the audience. And some people hit that, right? Like, "Why are you laughing at your own jokes?" And I'm like, "Hey, baby, because good stuff." So I was having a good time. So I don't, I don't know if he was annoyed about that, but um, but it's certainly something, something you could ask him. I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, I I stole a character, but I. Um, basically there was a legal action that I lost um, so I now have to pay maintenance for that uh, I pay eight, 8 grand a month basically to lease the Mike McGoldrick character which is fun because I I yeah I rent them. and then after 4 years I, I, I have to decide whether I want to buy McGoldrick outright or trade him for a different character, I'm not too sure but you're a very cheeky boy and you know that Johnny Dempster says if you could be a fly on a wall, what wall would you choose? Fantastic question. Um, I would choose the wall. People are like, "What about the Oval Office?" Um, I'd like to see how to make. Um, I'd like to be in a room where people make TVs, or like talk about TVs because I, I just realized the other day I don't know how TVs work. Like, how does how does a picture be on on your TV in the house? Like, what's the technology to get a TV on, if you know what I mean? Like, radio too. Like, I, I know it's waves or something, but how does it be on? The needle grabs the sound from the grooves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We watched a documentary on that, didn't we? It was a, it was a stand- Roy Scoville stand up special about how, how microphones work needles and grooves. Oran O'Kane says, "What's a verdict on the unreleased McGoldrick material? Does it exist, or can it be likened to the Detox album, never released by Dr. Dre and D12, that in reality, in reality, literally doesn't exist? Was there unreleased McGoldrick material?" Hello, oh, nice Oh, well, you can say, Mike says hi. Um, was there unreleased McGoldrick? I, I, I. That totally escapes me at the minute. It could be Nigel. Probably did something that was really terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah, has there been a sketch a film that's been worked that which is never released? I mean not as Mulgaldric. Did a podcast episode. Podcast episode the day the day lockdown happened really. I remember we did it, redid it, and then decided never to. Yeah. Shoot the light Because we were so scared about what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I or and I I don't actually know. I don't know. It it could have it could have been somebody else. Um, Patrick Quinn. Final question. What's been your most beautiful moment as a father so far? Well done the recent stand-ups. Smashed it as always. Patrick, thank you as always. Um, BGIC, Bidjik, Belfast Guy in China. What's been the most beautiful moment as a father so far? Um, This sounds very cheesy. But every moment's good every moment's good, even if it's like a trivial, normal thing, it's brilliant, and actually, the other day, last week, I am, I am, uh, wary about how much I talk about it, because I do see it as as a very, very personal thing, but, earlier in the week, I put on a song, sometimes I will put on songs that I know, make me feel emotional, but I almost like want to feel that. And I was just like messing about with him in the house. And there is a particular song that is kind of like about fatherhood that is that is really beautiful. And I put it on. I was like, oh, this nice song and this is a nice moment. And then I just burst into tears. But it was like, it was, I was like happy. You know what I mean? Like I was like overcome with joyous emotion. I like it was beyond smiling so that's why I cried and then the worst thing is the baby saw that I was crying and can't really obviously tell the difference between happy tears and sad tears and then he started crying and at the start I was like he's crying happy tears too and I was like no he's crying sad tears because he thinks someone's upset me and I'm crying so at the end of the day we were both crying but even that was a nice moment and uh, and yeah there's just some times where I'm just like totally in awe and by the way I'm being serious I did just I did just burst into tears um, because there's moments you just don't know how to describe and it's, it's beyond it's beyond anything you've experienced before so yeah just there are just silly trivial moments like going out for a walk in the pram and just looking at each other and like smiling like that kind of stuff is just the best so it's all it's all great it's all great um, and I want to Yeah. I just want to finish by um by saying that I hope this podcast has been afternoonified by everybody. I think we should call this episode will we call it butter up bacon. It feels like it should be called butter up bacon. Butter upon bacon. Butter upon bacon. I, I do apologise, that wasn't afternoonified afternoonified enough for you. Um but yeah, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you mm-hmm. listening watching if you listen to the audio version you want to see the video version it's on youtube it's put up there by michael foster tv and weirdly that is his name his first name his first name all one word is michael foster and his second name is dot tv uh, middle, name, middle, middle name dot like dot cotton oh jim Um, and that's just what it is so thanks very much for listening patreon.com slash tea with me podcast you want to support the podcast get the bonus episode on a monday Check out the live episode. Sippers, thank you very much. Goodbye. God bless. And wait. And wait. And uh, see you next week, booze.